Oh, let's love him all across this building. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Would you lift up your hands all across this house? Hallelujah. He said, Lo, I am with you even to the end of the age. Somebody give him praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise one more time in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. At this time, we'd like to dismiss our Sunday school kids in Jesus' name. Everybody say, God bless our Sunday school kids. And God bless our Sunday school teachers. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I love the sound of all those kids running around the church. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for that. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn open to the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 1. To all our guests and visitors, we want to welcome you to Apostolic Revival Center. We're glad you're here. Let's give them a hand. Amen. I want to say it's good to have Amy back in the house of the Lord with us. Amen. We're so glad you're here. Ecclesiastes chapter 1 and beginning in verse number 9. Amen. I want to hopefully encourage somebody through this message here today as we enter this Thanksgiving week. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to get our eyes focused on the right things. Amen. And so that's my intention here today. And... Uh, I might fumble my way through it trying to do that, but we'll, we'll get there eventually. Amen. Ecclesiastes chapter 1 and verse number 9. The preacher, also known as Solomon, the end of his life, this is what he's writing, the book of Ecclesiastes. And he says, the thing that hath been, it is that which shall be. And the thing which is done is that which shall be done. And there is no new thing under the sun. Is there anything whereof it may be said, See, this is new. It hath been already of old time which was before us. He said in his estimation, There is nothing new under the sun. And is there anything that it can be said of, see, this is new. And I want to preach for a few moments on this subject. Don't miss the moon. Don't miss the moon. Would you set down your Bibles and would you pray with me all across this building? Hallelujah. Would you pray that God would help us? Oh, hallelujah. Come on, let's pray. In the name of Jesus, I believe there's going to be somebody that's going to walk out of this building with joy. They're going to walk out of this building, hallelujah, free from depression and anxiety. I believe there's somebody that's going to walk out of this building liberated by the power of the Holy Ghost. I believe there's somebody that's going to walk out with a different perspective. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord some praise if you believe that with me. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, don't miss the moon. And you may be seated.
Amen. Solomon is notated both biblically and really when you look at historical figures as being the wisest man that ever lived. You just got to read the Bible account and you will find that Solomon had a lot of great things to say. In fact, he is the writer of Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and the Song of Solomon. He, is, uh, he was the king after his father David was anointed to be king. And when God told him, you can ask for anything and I will give it to you, he asked for wisdom. I think that was a pretty wise thing to do as a young man. He asked for wisdom. In fact, James would tell us that if you ask of wisdom, God will not withhold it from you. In fact, the Bible says he will not upbraid it from you. Amen. Anybody who lacks wisdom, the Bible says, let him ask, and God will give it liberally. There's a lot of things you can pray for, and they may not show up, or they might sparsely show up. But I want to tell you, when you pray for wisdom, it's going to come in an overflow. It's going to show up so fast, you, you barely know what to do with it. And that's exactly what happened to Solomon. In fact, he got so much wisdom that he probably didn't even know what to do with it. In fact, that is the, that is the, 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 the challenge with the life of Solomon. He's the wisest man that ever lived on pen and paper. But when you look at his own life choices, he definitely doesn't look like the, like the wisest man that ever lived. In fact, in an attempt at peace, what wisdom told him is you need to broker deals with other nations. And that, in fact, is a wise thing to do. You don't want to have war. And so Solomon thought in his own wisdom of how to do this. And he thought the best way to do this is for me to marry all the king's daughters in the, in the surrounding nations. So he married 700 princesses, and he had 300 concubines. Somebody said that's why he was the wisest man that ever lived. He had a lot of women in his life. Amen. One of these was the daughter of Pharaoh. He thought, I don't want to do war with Egypt, so I'm going to, I'm going to broker a deal by marrying the daughter of Pharaoh. But the Bible declares in 1 Kings chapter 11, verse 4, that it came to pass when Solomon was old. See, he started off getting wisdom from God. He started off getting direction from God. But by the end of his life, that when he was old, that his wives turned away his heart after other gods. And his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. The Bible declares that his wives and all the strange women from other places turned his heart away from God. We can see the result of his heart being turned away from God in the book of Ecclesiastes, where he comes to this conclusion, and it appears over and over again. This is the conclusion of a man whose heart has been turned away from God. He said, there is nothing new under the sun. Now this is an odd statement for a Jewish king to make. Because the Jewish people were not a solar people. They were a lunar people. They did not follow the solar or the, the way that we, even in America, where we have 365 days in a year. Amen. Where we have 24 hours in the day. 
They didn't follow that solar calendar. They followed the lunar calendar. This is why as you read through the Old Testament, it might seem a little strange. And even to our American mindset, it seems a little pagan, but it actually was opposite. Amen. They were to follow the lunar, the moon cycle. They were to uh, they were to celebrate feasts on new moons. Amen. In fact, I love how the Bible puts it and calls it that every month there was to be a new moon. They were taught from an early age that they were to focus on the stages of the moon, not on the rising of the sun. The Bible even declares this in Genesis when it shows that how God created. The heavens and the earth. The Bible says when God said let there be light. There was light. And this is what the Bible declares the first day was. The evening and the morning were the first day. I want to just tell somebody here today. That God's day doesn't start in the morning. It starts at the night. Hallelujah. God doesn't start, amen, working in the daytime when everybody can see. It doesn't start at noontime. It doesn't start at the first sight of sunrise. But God's day through the Bible always started in the night. No doubt Solomon got this habit of staring at the sun and focusing on the sun from his Egyptian wife, Pharaoh's daughter, who was notorious and the, the, the Egyptian people even historically have been notorious for worshiping Ra, the god of the sun. This is why most of the plagues that happened, amen, had something to do with darkness. They were afraid of the darkness. They were scared of the dark. And so God, on multiple occasions when he brought Israel out of Egypt, he made sure, I'm going to let you know the God you serve, the God of the sun. I'm just going to block out that light and let you know there's a God in the darkness as well. That there's, that, amen, you only serve the God of light and you only serve the God that's in the daytime. But I just want to let my people know I'm not just God in the daytime, but I'm God when everything's dark as well. Oh, I think we ought to give God some praise here today. Hallelujah. He didn't want the Israelite people following just Ra, the God of the sun. He wanted them to know I'm the God that operates in the darkness as well. Amen. I want to tell you, amen, what you worship and how you worship will change your perspective on life. The, the wives of, of Solomon turned his heart towards other gods, and thereby it changed his perspective. It changed his outlook. It changed his worldview. Now, everything Solomon sees by the end of his life is just there's nothing new underneath the sun. His wives didn't just turn his heart away from God. I want to tell you, they turned his heart away from hope. Ecclesiastes was written at the end of Solomon's life, and Solomon saw everything as being under the sun. This was his metaphor for life itself. His worldview had changed. It was now under the sun, daily life, day by day. There's nothing new, and he would write things and say, all is vanity. All is meaningless. All is pointless. I, I promise we're going to go somewhere real happy today. But I just want to tell you, this is the viewpoint of a man that's turned his heart from the Lord God to serving the Egyptian gods and serving other deities. Now he views there's nothing new under the sun. Ultimately, one thing that is true, Solomon realized that by trial and error and through life and living, that the real meaning of life is not life itself. Hallelujah. The real meaning of life is to serve the one true living God. 
He learned this, amen, maybe a little later in life, but when he came to his conclusion, he said, fear God and honor the king. Uh, he said that, that when he realized where he went off, where he realized where he messed up, where he realized his perspective had shifted, he now tried to shift it back. And you see this battle through the book of Ecclesiastes. He's trying his best, uh, amen, to prove that we need to serve the Lord and we need to follow him. But then he will sink back in, amen. It seems like Solomon is having trouble Holding on to this thought that we need, that the whole meaning of life is not about us, it's about God. And he is, he is constantly lapsing back into a deep, hopeless cynicism about life. I'm going to talk about this for a few moments here today. Solomon recognized that life can be grossly unfair. Anybody ever recognize that? I want to tell you, Solomon's not all wrong. Life can be grossly unfair unfair and in some of the very situations where justice ought to be served the exact opposite sometimes happens have you ever noticed that amen you ever think to yourself life is not fair how is it for me I've got to go through this but you look at somebody else and they're not struggling the way you're struggling amen anybody ever notice that sometimes life is not fair with so much sadness and unfairness about life there is plenty of room of, for hopelessness, amen, that Solomon displays. But in all of his cynicism, hopelessness, and pessimism, I want to just tell somebody, there was something that Solomon missed. In all of his focus on all of the negative things that he could see under the light of the sun and in the light of day, in everything that he could notice, in everything he could recognize. Uh, amen. I want to tell you here today, there was something Solomon missed. Uh, amen. He missed the fact that God was doing something uh, under the night's moon. Uh, that God was doing something in the darkness uh, when he couldn't see. Uh, in all of his focus, in his pessimism, in his cynicism, in his nihilism, uh, about all of the things that are unfair and not good. Uh, amen. And all all of his focus on those things. Uh, Solomon missed the moon. Uh, and I've come to preach to somebody. Uh, we can't allow ourselves, uh, amen, to become cynical. We can't allow ourselves uh, to go through the hardness and toughness of life uh, and allow it to harden our hearts uh, and to change our perspective. I want to preach to somebody, uh, don't miss the moon, honey. Uh, don't miss the good things God does uh, in the middle of the night. Uh, don't miss the good things that God is up to when you can't see him working, when you don't feel him working, when things don't seem like they're working out, when justice seems far away. I've come to preach to somebody, don't miss the moon. Oh, somebody ought to clap your hands and give the Lord some praise here today. Oh, come on, let's give God praise. Not praise for what you see, but sometimes you got to praise God that you know he's working in the areas you cannot see. Hallelujah. We can all identify at some point with Solomon's observation. I believe that's why God put it in the Bible. Because life is frequently unfair. And injustice can constantly just eat away at us. I look at it, I see it all the time. I see righteous people die and unrighteous people live. It bothers me. Am I the only one? Amen. I see, I see corrupt people being, seeming to have more 
than righteous people. And it bothers me. Hallelujah. It bothered Solomon too. And if we're not careful, we'll see the corruptness of the government. And we will see the injustice in the world. And we will see, amen, the, 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 the good people and, and the, the, those that we would deem good. Not necessarily that they are good, but we would deem them as good. We see them going through struggles. And we see them going through trials. Anybody ever been in the place where you just want God to pick on somebody else for a little while? I've been there before. Amen. He chooses his toughest warriors for his toughest battles. Pick somebody else. I don't want to be a tough warrior. Amen. Find somebody else. I've been in that position where I look around and I see other people that don't have to struggle the way that I struggle and don't have to deal with things the way I have to deal with things. And it seems from my vantage point under the sun, amen, that they've got all things well. and They've got everything put together. And the dog never barks and the bills are always paid on time and, and they never fight in their marriage and their kids always clean up after themselves and the lawn is always perfect. And I preach to somebody. It just looks like it from my vantage point under the sun that they've got it all together. And I think to myself, if I'm not careful, I can get real cynical about the life I live. Can I preach uh, on the eve of this Thanksgiving week? Uh, you can get unthankful if you allow yourself to become cynical. You can become unthankful if you focus on everything you don't have and everything that hasn't worked out. You can become unthankful. And can I preach to somebody? Thankfulness is part of your worship. Thankfulness is part of your praise. Thankfulness you got to be willing to give God praise in spite of what you do see. Oh, somebody ought to give him praise. Amen. If we're not careful, we will allow cynicism and hopelessness to overcome our thinking. Why do you think the depression, amen, and anxiety are on the rise in this generation? I'll tell you, amen, that you don't need, you don't need to do a, uh, uh, you don't need to get some analysts together, amen, and do a bunch of research. I'll tell you what it is, social media. Social media is the art of counting somebody else's blessings. Well, praise God. You will see everything through a filter. I've just come to preach to somebody. You ain't got social media. God bless you. Amen. And those that just like me, we just stay off of it because it just, amen. I, I, maybe you're a strong Christian. I ain't that strong. I get frustrated. Amen. Sometimes when I see, man, things are always working out for them. And what will happen is you'll start getting cynical and you'll start feeling hopeless. And you will stop making effort and you will stop progressing because after all, it's not working as well as it's working for them. I want to tell you that viewpoint is a nihilistic. Uh, cynic, uh, cynic view of life uh, that is a hopeless way of living and I've come to preach to somebody amen that when you get your eyes off of things under the sun and you get your eyes onto what God does uh, in the dark times and what God does uh, where you can't see I want to tell somebody uh, there's blessings you can't even count because you can't see them there's things God's done for you he's not done for anybody else but you can't see it but one day by and by when we get to the other side we will praise him like the sound of many waters. We will shout over everything he blocked and everything he stopped and every door he closed and everything that didn't work out and every job you didn't get. Hey, come on, I've come to preach to somebody. We will begin to praise God for what he did under the moon. We will begin to praise God for what he did in the darkness. We will praise God what he did with the sickness. We will praise God for what he did with the loss. We will praise God. I've come to 
preach to somebody, there's some things you only get when you focus on what God does underneath the moon. Oh, somebody ought to praise him. If we're not careful, we'll become cynical. Amen. I want to tell you, you've got to battle that. Cynicism is not a gift of the spirit. It's a work of the flesh. It doesn't take much to be a pessimist. You just got to look around. You know, everybody can see the problem. If you can't, you might be blind. But I just want to let you know I can see problems really well. Maybe you are not gifted like that. I have the gift of suspicion. Praise God. I just suspect problems that aren't even there. <laughs> I can see them. I can see them. I can see them. I got, I got perfect vision. And for some reason, my eyes want to focus on all the things that I don't have and all the things that aren't working out and all the things that aren't going good. And if we're not careful, we will become like Solomon was in his last days uh, where we focus on everything that we can see. Uh, amen. We get to the place like Solomon. Been there, done that. Got the t-shirt. Amen. I've seen it all. I've tried it all before. Amen. And you'll hear a message like what Brother Marks preached last week about the key of change. And you'll say to yourself, yeah, I've heard that before. And yet, I, and in fact, maybe you had enough faith last week because, amen, he was preaching powerfully under the anointing. And you said, okay, I'll try it. So you open yourself up for a couple days. And then, amen, when you recognize, well, it's just like it always has been. And you get to the point where Solomon was, where everything that was will be again. And everything that is, amen, has already been, and I've already been there, I opened up, so you close yourself back up, amen, before church even started today, I've come to preach to somebody, you got to get your eyes off of what God, amen, off of what's happening where you can see, I've come to preach to somebody, if we're not careful, we will miss what God is doing in the darkness, we will miss what God is doing behind the scenes, we will, I want to tell you, God is already working things out for your benefit and for your good, don't quit now. Don't give up now. God is still working. Oh, somebody ought to shout and give him some praise. Don't miss the moon. Don't miss the moon. Don't miss what God's doing in the darkness. Don't miss what God's doing behind what you can see. I want to preach to somebody. God is working. I want to tell you, God is working even when you can't see it. As the song says, even when you can't feel it, God is doing something. Solomon got to the end of his life and he said, there is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything that somebody can point me to? After all my experience, I've seen it all, done it all, been there. I got the t-shirt, I, I got the little snow globe, I got it all. I've seen it all, I've been there. Is there anything anybody can point out to that is new? I want to tell you about some things that Solomon missed. Solomon missed the new things that God brings in the dark. Amen. Genesis, the evening and the morning were the first day. God started bringing creation in the middle of the night. God started working while there was still darkness, where there was still void, while there was still nothing. Before light ever came, the Bible says God was moving upon the face of the dark upon the face of the deep and just because you didn't see him moving doesn't mean he wasn't moving 
I've come to preach to somebody, uh, don't miss what God is doing under the moon. Amen. Can I preach to somebody? It was nighttime uh, when God sent angels to Sodom and Gomorrah and grabbed Lot and his wife and his two daughters by the hand. uh, And God, I don't see you working in the day. And This city's wicked and everything's going wrong. Uh, But it was at nighttime uh, when the angels showed up uh, and said, we fixing to get you out of here. And they grabbed him by the head and said, we're going to do a new thing. We're going to transport you from where you are into where you need to be. Can I preach to the Jacobs? It was in the nighttime that Jacob wrestled with an angel until the breaking of a day. And God said, what's your name? When he confessed who he was and confessed who he'd been, I want to tell you what God does in the nighttime. He said, you shall no more be called by the old name and the old man, but I'm going to call you by a new name. I'm going to call you Israel. Can I preach to somebody? Sometimes name changes only come when you go through darkness when you go through hard times when you go through struggles when you go through sickness when you go through a breaking of the hip a changing of the walk but you gotta go through the dark you gotta go through the nighttime. you gotta go through the difficult season you gotta go through the trial but I've come to point Solomon to some things he missed you miss that God changes names in the middle of the darkness God changes personalities in the middle of the darkness. God changes who we are in the middle of the darkness. Oh, somebody ought to give him praise here today. God brought Israel out of bondage with the Passover. Guess what time of night, time of day that was? It was a nighttime. Amen. They got to the Red Sea and they said, we're going to die. Anybody ever felt that? You know, pessimism and nihilism and and all the cynicism of life will say, we ain't going to make it. You calculated out how you're not going to make it. You started counting Pharaoh's chariots. You started measuring the mountain instead of measuring what God can do with the mountain. You started looking at horses and chariots and all the struggle that you're going to have to face when you get out of this service today. And while I'm preaching, there's some folks saying, yeah, preacher, that's good, that's good, that's good. But you don't know what i got to go back home to. it. You don't know what's chasing me down. And Pharaoh's got a lot of horses and he's got a lot of chariots. But I love what David said. He says, some trust in horses and some trust in chariots. But we... See, I can't speak for the world, but I'll tell you about people that don't miss the moon. We trust in the name of the Lord our God. And the Bible says that it was at nighttime that God sent forth a strong wind and it blew the water back through the night. It didn't happen immediate, but it happened through the night. I've come to preach to somebody, don't miss the moon. Don't miss the dark times. God's doing something. God provided for them. Well, preacher, how am I going to get provision? I don't know how it's going to happen. God deposited manna while they were sleeping. So when they got up in the morning, I want to tell you, God's doing some blessings and God's got some provision while you are laying your head down on your pillow. I know there's some people in this building, amen, because I'm like you, amen, that you think everything that happens has got to happen by your own effort and by your own power and by working your own fingers to the bone and you just got to make things work and it's like twisting a Rubik's cute around until you figure it out. But I've come to preach to somebody while you lay your head on the pillow. My Bible says God gives his saints rest and God will allow you to sleep and to rest and that business deal you didn't know how it was working out God was laying it on the grass for you 
I wish somebody would preach uh, with me and get excited with me uh, that while you were sleeping, uh, God was working on things. Uh, amen. While you were not certain how it was going to work out, God was bringing provision into your life. Uh, while you didn't know how it was going to happen, God was working, and he wasn't working under the sunshine, and he wasn't working under the day. He was working under the moon. Jesus died on the cross, and when he gave up the ghost, the Bible says, darkness. When he said it's finished, darkness covered the earth. And they didn't understand what's happening. I'll tell you what's happened. The Bible says he descended the lower parts of the earth and began to preach to the spirits that were in captivity. See, what you and I didn't see, amen, we, we celebrate the crucifixion and we celebrate the resurrection, but there was, a, there was a couple days in between those two things. There was a whole lot of darkness going on where we couldn't see it, but I'll tell you what the Bible says. He went down and began to preach to the spirits that were in prison. And the Bible says when he ascended, he led captivity captive, which means he didn't just take care of drugs uh, he took care of drug addiction he said, I'm not just going to bind up, amen, the things that are, are the fruit, but I'm going to lay my axe to the root, and I'm going to bind the reason you became a drug addict in the first place. I'm going to bind up depression. I'm going to bind up anxiety. I want to tell you when that happened. It happened in the darkness. It happened in the night. It happened when nobody saw it. It happened when nobody thought anything was working. It happened when all the disciples ran away. It happened when everybody forsook him, but he was still working underneath the moon Peter got out of prison at night I just don't think I can get free I'm broke I'm busted and disgusted I want to tell you even in your darkest moment God can still set you free I'll tell you how Peter got free though in the nighttime, the church was praying can I preach to the church for just a few moments? I know it's Sunday, and I'm reaching for somebody, but let me preach to the church. Don't let the, don't let the illumination or lack thereof change your prayer life. I'll pray when I feel like it. You're never going to feel like it. I'll worship when I feel like it. You may never feel like it. But brothers and sisters, if you can see how dark it gets out there, and instead of letting it become help you become cynical, you say, I'm going to hit my knees and pray, and I'm going to... Peter got out of prison because the church had prayed while the moon was still out there. They were praying not when they got up in the morning, but they were praying when it was dark. They were praying when it was hard. They were, I want to preach to somebody. You can't wait for sunrise to give it to God. You got to do it in the night. You got to praise him in the night. Paul and Silas got out of jail when they sang praises unto the Lord. And the Bible says, and at Midnight. You can't get any darker than midnight. You can't get any more hopeless than midnight. And I've come to preach to somebody. God, they didn't break out. God broke in. And God will break into where you are at midnight. At your darkest. At your lowest. Don't miss what God is doing in the night. Let's stand across the building. Let's stand across the building. Solomon, I just want to tell you, God still does new things, but it's not always in the sunlight. Hallelujah. It's in the moonlight. Somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on, let's pray all across this house. Come on. 
Come on, lift up your hands. When you go to say thanks this week, amen, I want to tell you, amen, instead of saying, well, I don't have much to be thankful for because what I can see, it's cynical and it's pessimistic. I get it. You have every you have every human right to feel that way. But if you could change your perspective uh, that God is doing things in the dark, uh, that God is doing things in the nighttime, uh, that God is doing things when I don't see, uh, God is moving when I can't feel it. Uh, I've just come to tell somebody, uh, amen, that you're going to have a much more reason to give him praise. Weeping may endure for the night. I want to tell somebody, I love how he writes it. Weeping may. That doesn't mean it will. Weeping may endure for the night. But I love the next part. But joy will. I want to tell you, you can be in your darkest hour and you can feel like weeping and there ain't nothing wrong with that. But I just want to let you know, amen, that if you can focus on what God's doing, amen, it's going to bring a joy in the morning. It'll dry your tears at night. And I've come to tell somebody that if you go through the night, you will have joy. You will have peace. You will. If you go through the night, Lamentation says this. Solomon, can anybody point me to something new? I got something for you. It's because of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed because His compassions, they fail not. They are new every morning. I want to tell you, you're here today. Because God's got a new mercy for you this morning. Uh, that while the sun was barely starting to peek over the mountains, uh, amen, before that sun even started to rise, in the middle of the night, God was preparing a, a new mercy uh, for a new day. Well, you don't know what I'm about to do today. Uh, God does. Uh, you don't know how bad I felt yesterday. Don't worry, God does. Uh, and He's already prepared a brand new mercy. Tell all the... Folks in the house of God, you've never been baptized in Jesus' name. You're missing it, Solomon. You're missing a new thing. What happens when you're baptized? 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. Therefore, if any man or woman be in Christ, they are a new creature. National Geographic has not even discovered it yet. You can't categorize it. It's, it's more different than the platypus. You can't even, you can't put it in this category or that category. Solomon, in the middle of that night, in the middle of being buried with him in baptism, going through that darkness of burial, you are resurrected as a new creation. Surely that can't make me new. You don't know what I've done and, who I, and what I, where I've been. Behold, all things are become new. But before you get to all things new, it says all those other things, old things are passed away. Well, I don't believe in none of that. Okay. Well, when we get to heaven, when we get to heaven, Revelations 21 and 5 makes a promise to us. He that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. 
to tell you, Solomon, because you were so focused on what you could see, you were missing what God was doing where you couldn't see. And I've come to tell somebody this week, when you think over your life and you think about every reason you have to be cynical, and you may have very valid reasons. You may have suffered extreme pain, grief, loss, death, destruction. Everything might have fallen apart in your life. Job, Job said this, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. I want to tell you, you can go this week and you can say, God, I may not even see what you're doing, but after what I heard on Sunday, I believe. I'm not going to allow myself to think it's always going to be this way. I'm not going to allow myself to believe it's never going to change. Amen. I want to take what Brother Marks preached last week, and I want to tell you it's still on the table. The possibility for change is still on the table. Your ability to change and to become a completely new person is still on the table. Why? Because we serve a God that makes all things new. Can you point me to anything that's new? I'll tell you exactly what's new. God makes all things new. Would you lift up your hands? I'm done preaching. Come on. Come on. I'm preaching. Let depression fall off of you. Let cynicism fall off of you. Let nihilism fall off of you. Today, let pessimism fall off of you. Let negativity fall off of you for what you can see and begin to praise God that He's working all things together for your good. I would open up this altar. Would you come? Come on today. He's about to make something. He's about to make all things new. I need a new mind. He can make it new. I need a new heart. He said, I'll give you a new heart of flesh. Come on. I need new habits. Come to the altar. That's the best place to start. I need new. I need a new, I need a new thought process. Come to the altar. He'll renew your mind by the power of the Holy Ghost. shall follow them that believe. He said they shall speak with new tongues. If you've never received the Holy Ghost, lift up your hands and begin to give God praise. And God will fill you with the Holy Ghost. And you'll begin to speak in another language you never learned. It's a new tongue.